Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Brian Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Brian Gam slam jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Welcome into the 104th edition of the TFS Pod. I uh, hope you guys had a Merry Christmas. Uh, ate some good food, spent time with family, um, stayed warm. It was freaking cold. Um, yeah, sports are getting. We'll help, we'll help you warm up here. Bowls, uh, there's a lot of them starting today, uh, basically through uh, next uh, next Monday. Uh, college basketball ramping back up today. Um, conference play in most conferences is starting this week. Um, then officially next week, um, all in all, um, which would be great. Uh, NFL, two weeks left. Um, getting close to the end and getting, to the, getting the playoff picture figured out here. Um, yeah, great time to be alive. Uh, podium, I'll go first. Um, this is a really good story. I saw this yesterday. Um, it's not, I, I think it should have been out there more. Obviously, it's not because it's a good thing, um, right? We don't put good things out there. But it's Indiana uh, guard Anthony Leal, I believe, is in his third year with the program. So he's using his NIL money that he's earned through deals. Uh, he's paying off his sister's student loan debt. This is this is really nice of him, phenomenal. Um more things need to be done like this with NIL money, Ch- given the charity. Of Blake Corum did that with his NIL money, gave his uh, money to buy Thanksgiving meals um, for, for people in need. Um, different stuff like that. It's, it's, not, it's not done enough or, or shown in the media enough. I think that um, you know, NIL obviously is it's good because guys can earn you know, some extra money. Maybe they don't have much money um, you know, from, from family growing up and stuff like that you know, come from hard, hard places, uh, to live and stuff like that. Um, and, and they don't, and then, you know, some guys just blow it on themselves and other people, you know, they buy their teammates stuff, um, by, you know, in this guy's case, uh, pays off his sister's student loan debt. I think that's phenomenal. We need more people like that in this world. And that's what NIL should be used for, for good like that. And then, you know, pocket some of it for yourself because you've earned, a lot of those guys earn that money, but, these million-dollar deals um, by for Miami guys and and whatnot, um, they need to put some money toward good instead of saving it all for themselves, like I'm sure that they do. Um, pretty ridiculous in that case, but this is a good good example of NIL being good um, and someone um, using it correctly. Yeah, great story. I agree. Uh, there's not nowhere near enough storytelling like that because that's not what the ESPNs of the world thrive on. They thrive on woke culture and making you know news out of things that are are disgusting instead. You know, celebrating the bad instead of the good. Um, we're a selfish country, and it shows. And get on this player for uh, taking care of his sister and a family member that way. So for me, for my podium, um, I don't. We talk about NFL a decent amount in our scramble and so on and so forth, but I, I don't personally necessarily talk that much about the NFL. I'm more of a college guy, but Ryan and I have been kind of debating this lately. I actually had to try to come, come up with it on the fly because I did my homework for the rest of the podcast and totally forgot my podium. The notion of sub-500 teams or even 500 teams getting in the playoffs mm-hmm. just because they won their division needs to be addressed. I think the NFL is really good at kind of circling the wagons and making changes and experimenting. And if they don't work, changing back or changing forward. You know, we, we get an overtime change for the playoffs based off the epic, um, you know, Bills Chiefs playoff game last year. We get a change from a couple of years ago to the pass interference being reviewable. And then they decided that was a disaster to review it. And they went back. A great example of something they thought was a good change that wasn't a good change. And they weren't afraid to admit it and go back. So my point being is why should the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Carolina Panthers or the New Orleans Saints or the Atlanta Falcons, one or two of those may be eliminated by now, 
get to go to the playoffs just because they won a crappy division. Um, I think the same goes with the AFC South. The NFC and the both AFC garbage. South this year are both looking at sub-500 teams with a chance to get into the playoffs right now. I love that the NFL went to seven teams a couple years ago. I think it's great to give the number one overall team a bye, and then they have you know three kind of wild-card weekend games per division. So if you're going to bring in 14 total teams out of the, I believe, 32 that are in there, keep it 7-7, seven and seven, keep the NFC AFC, of course, but I would advocate that you get rid of not the divisions, because I still think you need the divisions. I still think the notion of, of playing maybe a round robin against your division home and away is a fair way to do it. But there's got to be another way to look at it and just say, take the top seven teams, period. Um, I get it. You'll have divisional imbalance that way. But in the case of this year, the AFC and the NFC South, maybe you'll squeeze out a team that'll have a one game above 500 record. Maybe. Maybe. But there's a pretty good chance that they're going to get in with a sub-500 record. It's kind of like sub-500 teams and bowls. I'm not for it. Um, you know, and it, if you're sub-500 and you get in because you're one of the top seven teams, okay, fine. Um, I just, this happened a couple years ago with the NFC East. I think the, the Redskins, a.k.a. Commanders, got in, a.k.a. Washington football team got in with a sub-500 record. Just because a division winner. I get it. It's hard to win a division. You want to reward the division. I say the best for the NFL is to get the seven best teams in in the AFC and the seven best teams in the NFC. Divisions be damned. Figure out a way to schedule, to balance your schedule. They already do a good job based on previous record and things like that. Um, If you need to keep divisions from that sake, maybe you don't have to play everybody in your division twice a year. Maybe you get rid of it from that sake. I don't know what the answer is there. I'm just saying the answer is do not automatically give a birth to division winners it waters down your product those teams typically cycle out anyway um you can at me if you want and say no they don't blah 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 when has a sub 500 team gotten into the super bowl i don't want to see a sub 500 team in the super bowl super bowls that are blowouts are a waste of my time they're a waste of your time they're a waste of a great sunday in february get to the seven best teams in each conference period figure out how to do that nfl that's your challenge for 2023. Figure it out, announce it as soon as the Super Bowl is done, and let's make some steps forward. Agreed. Uh, this week's tee-up, uh, Mac Jones. Um, so the the quarterback of the uh, New England Patriots, he's been under you know a lot of scrutiny this season um, just for his play. He got benched, he was hurt, whatever. Um, and then he's been making some dirty plays. Uh, he just got fined $11,000 for a, a bet, dirty play on uh, Eli Apple from the Bengals went on his knees. And then Eli Apple said, yeah, he's been doing this for a long time. I've, he's done it to me before. He's done it to other people. And then, you know, Darius Slay chimed in. He's like, yeah, he does. He's a dirty player. And then you see these videos circulating of him diving at people's knees on interceptions and trying to trip people a la Grayson Allen. He looks and acts like a petulant child. It's like, like what is this guy? Dude. I, but of course, he plays for the Patriots. What do you expect? Uh, I don't know. I'm tired of this crap. Um, there's no place, there's for, no that place for that in sports, especially in professional sports. In, in college, they're young people. This guy is 25 years old, and he's supposed to be professionally acting like this. It's ridiculous. I, I cannot stand it at all. I don't know. Hopefully the Patriots won't make the playoffs and won't have to deal with it anymore. No, I hope not, too. All right, so this week we're going to get back into around the world. So five spots here. Came up with a little uh, idea. There's not Since there's not a ton of basketball to review or anything, um, you know, small bowl games have been played. We'll talk NFL and, that, and all that stuff in, in the, uh, um, what's it called, scramble at the end here in, in spot five. But from one through four, we're going to break up uh, 2022 I'm into quarters, and we're gonna we're gonna break down you know stuff that's happened each month, a little year in review, um, some good stuff, bad stuff, newsworthy um, items. Just talk about them a little bit, um, just to remind you our, some of our favorite things and some of the biggest stuff that happened. Um, so yeah, we'll start with uh, the January to March uh, on first uh, in the first spot here, January. So beginning of January, I don't know if you remember this. Antonio Brown incident, the one where he rips his jersey oh, off. Yeah. He's basically running naked to the locker room. I do. Like a pansy. And then that guy's the weird. whole fall well he's and then he's I think he's some domestic violence thing that's out for him right now or he Say no to drugs, kids. It's C T E, it's drugs, um, all the above. Um, crazy. 
Um, Big Ben retired. He played his last game. He played in the NFL for a long time. Won two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty phenomenal career. Went to three. Um, Divisional playoff weekend was probably the greatest playoff craziest, weekend ever. Yeah, a bunch of game winners. The, the Bills Chiefs epic overtime game. The, all the scores late in the game. Um, Packers, three, the Niners three games that came down to a field goal. Yep. Ridiculous. Titans, Bengals, Rams, Bucks. Yep. It was, was a, crazy. It was a wild weekend. Then Georgia beats Bama, upsets them for the national title after after Bama three or four weeks earlier dismantled them. Georgia kind of did the same to them. Played great defense. Had that pick six at the end to seal it. Gets their first championship since '80, right? Yep. Um, for Kirby and the Dogs, looking to repeat again this year. Um, anything else from January that you? Uh, no, not that I had down for January. Yeah. February was February was, you know, was Winter Olympics. Um, yeah, who cares? No one cares, but it happened. Um, Stafford, Stafford gets leaves, his Super Bowl. Leaves the Lions gets his Super Bowl, which is great to see. Um, it was good for him. It was a great game. Another great. That's what we want is a great Super Bowl game. That's what <laughs> that you want. Are the, the best teams to be there or teams with winning records in their home stadium, nonetheless. Yeah, doesn't happen. Well, two years in a row that happened, right? Because Tampa Bay did it the year before to the Chiefs in yeah. Tampa Bay. Yep, COVID year. Um, Tom Brady retired in air quotations until he got divorced and then he unretired. Then uh, the waste management. There, this is crazy. I don't know if you remember this. Um, if you're a golf fan, you certainly do. But um, a bunch of hole, a few hole in ones, and then birdie putts. They're throwing beers onto the uh, 16th hole. There, it was an absolute nut house. Uh, just crazy. And Scotty Scheffler started his historic run uh, there, winning in a playoff, I believe. Uh, yeah, the spring, winter golf, and spring like January through. You know, May really was. It was all awesome. Scotty and all Cam Smith. Uh, Cam pretty awesome. Won at Kapalua, and then, then he played really well after that. So yeah, that was a that was an epic tournament. Such a great tournament uh, that and that culminates on the day of the Super Bowl, which is awesome. That's yeah, like, I love that watching like that beautiful. and going to the Super Bowl, watching the Super Bowl. Something else big happened in February. I don't know if you remember it. A little uh, open hand slap to the head. Yeah, Juwan Howard gets out, gets away with assault on national TV, and yet Michigan State's players are tried and convicted before they even got to go to court uh, later in the year. Obviously, everybody remembers that story. It's fresher in mind. But, you know, Howard gets a four-game suspension. Whoop-de-doo. No charges pressed. Um, but yet when uh, Michigan State players are, you know, arguably – from all you know, other accounts, maybe defending themselves, right, wrong, or otherwise, if you want to say with a helmet, um, and they get charged with assault, and Michigan State gets fined a hundred thousand dollars. Where was Michigan's fine? Jawan Howard got fined, but did Michigan get fined for not having a coaching control? And oh, by the way, he's only acted up several more times since then. So it's going to keep happening. Ridiculous, but you know, by the way, a lot of these things, if you go search. You, you, usually at this time of the year, you can find a lot of year-in-review sports There's things. Not uh, There's nothing on Fox. There was nothing on Bleacher Report. I try to avoid ESPN, but that's one that I had to look at just to jog my memory. And and do they cover these things? No. But did they cover the the rivalry gone awry in oh, end of, of October? Of course they did. Um, such a double span, standard and why I hate ESPN. Absolutely hate ESPN with a passion. Yep. It's not what I grew up with as a kid. Never yeah, will be again. It's gotten a lot worse. Um, another big thing that happened in February is Phil went absolutely off, off the deep end. Um, just said stupid stuff, then just went off the grid for a while, and it continues idiot. to stay stupid stuff. And you know, really disappointed me as a fan because I always liked to. We were Phil. He's a man of the. You know, you felt like a man of the people, and now you just wonder how much of that was a show and how much of it was fake, um, and that he really wasn't a man of the people, and he was just a man of himself. Um, Unbelievable beginning of the beginning of the whole live thing, which happened in March. So yeah, let's go March. into March. Um, you know, uh, speaking of ESPN, let's double down on a couple of horrible things that they well the, they covered live like everybody covered live. Live was a bad thing. It was a bad thing for golf. Maybe it'll force some change. It forced some change within the force PGA. Some thing with money. It, it 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 it's not good for the game of golf. Um, we talked about it a lot on the podcast. But the thing that ESPN's celebrating 
the I'll say air quotes Leah Thomas because it's Larry or Leon or whatever his name is celebrating a man who was a man 12 months before winning and competing against men competing and beating women by a lot in the NCAA tournament uh, for swimming absolutely sickening and what is wrong with this country I'd covered it then I'll cover it until the cows come home the more the mainstream media the ESPNs, the CNNs, and whatever are going to celebrate that as great and normal and an achievement, the worse our country is going to get. It makes me want to throw up in a Ziploc bag, heat it up in the microwave, and re-eat it so I can throw up when I hear it again. It's absolutely, it's just disgusting. It's despicable. It's worse than everybody gets a trophy. And, you know, it's not even equal opportunity. It's, it's, um, it's equal results for everybody. No, it's not. You're a dude. You want to start your own transgender league for those weirdies? Fine. Go for it. Be my guest. If I ever hear another man celebrated for, for competing with and beating up on women, I'm going to just burn down your building. I'm going to I'm gonna destroy your satellites in outer space because you're disgusting and you shouldn't have a podium to talk about it. Yeah, gross. Uh, but on the good news for March, because March Madness is always great, St. Peter's. The Cox. First 15 seed to ever make the Elite Eight. They knock off number two, Kentucky. Then they beat a game Murray State team who's thinking, ooh, yeah, we got a chance to get in the Elite Eight. Nope, not so fast. Then, then they Purdue. go and knock off Purdue, who's thinking, oh, yeah, we got this thing in the bag. Um, and then they lose to a number eight seed, I believe it was, North Carolina, who ended up playing in an epic national championship game, although that was in the next quarter. But... Um, another fantastic tournament. Uh, great things happen every March. Um, you just have to sit and wait for it. Sometimes it's not the upsets that you pick in your bracket, but there sure are some fun ones. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, that was that was a very big thing. Tom March, Brady unretired. March was also crazy with the TPC. Uh, Cam Smith with Freezing with cold. a crazy TPC win and some amazing wins or whatever kind of started a run for him. Unfortunately, he won't defend because he chose to go to the Live Tour to chase down money as well, um, which is a shame, and again, gets back to why live is not good for golf. Yep. That's all I got That's from uh, That's spot one. Um, let's move to spot two, April. Uh, bye-bye, Coach K. See ya. Yeah, Loses Coach to K. his rival, uh, North Carolina, in the Final, final Four. four. Um, sends him packing. That, that was a phenomenal game, full of everything. And then Kansas, the cheaters take down the thirty-one to ten in that game, and they come back and win. Emmer crowned the uh, the cheaters, the national champions. Um, crazy. Jay Wright retired right after that. Kind of just quiet. Um, weird, weird thing. Um, Tiger Woods returns to Augusta um, a little over a year after the uh, his car accident. Makes um, the cut. Basically, took his leg off. Makes the cut. Um, and then Scotty, just brilliant, um, wins his first major um, in, in a phenomenal showing, really. That, sat, that Saturday showing was cold. T- kept taking his, uh, his jacket on and off between shots. And phenomenal golf. It was, it was, was fun excellent. to watch. It was riveting to watch. He, he was excellent. Miguel Cabrera joins a 3,000-hit club, um, all but solidifying a spot in Cooperstown. Had to throw in a baseball thing or two in there. Heck yeah. Uh, especially with it being a Tigers thing um, and him being such a legend um, of the game. Do um, you have anything else from April? Not from April. May, you get into May, uh, Rich uh, Strike and 80-1 to, to wins the, the longest Kentucky shot. Derby. It was in 16th place coming around the final turn and then just turned on that turbo jets. That was awesome. That was one of the coolest things ever. Yeah, fun to... Justin Thomas, PGA champion, yeah. uh, come from behind... Extra uh, Mito choked. Oh, he man. wills El Torres, who played Poor really man. well in all the majors again this year, and came well, up big in big Mito. moments. Poor Mito. Yeah, he choked definitely on 18. I don't think there's really anything else in May, honestly. Um, no, May is kind of a quiet month. I mean, you have the Derby, baseball's kind of getting going. You get into the NHL and the NBA playoffs. Yeah. You know, we knew some stuff was bubbling up that we didn't know about until later in the summer, but, you know, with regard to more shifts in college sports, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, June, I guess. So Golden State takes another NBA Finals. Um, Officially, probably a dynasty with four titles in what six years, four and seven years, yeah, something I think like seven. that. Seven, yeah, pretty phenomenal. 
Um, the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. Um, that's our hockey thing. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick wins the U.S. Open at Brookline, where he had won the U.S. Amateur a few years before. Probably the shot of the year. Shot of the, of the year. year out of the bunker on 18 mm-hmm. and then drilled the putt. Um, dude, that, that was fun cool. to watch, even though it was he was battling with Scheffler, and Scheffler was trying to get his second major of the year. But it was and still... Zalip Torres. Nice drop. Um, yeah, that well, that was a fun been, U.S. Open. Let's well, see, June... June, you know, you start to get it for us. We just start to talk a lot about different golf stuff. Well, because was that was that June? I think it was June thirtieth when USC and UCLA. That was announced. It was either June thirtieth or the beginning of July. Or July first, one of the two. Um, I guess I'll bring us to the third spot. It's end of June slash beginning of Ju- July. But before we get to that, a quick word from our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realty will help you find the home that best fits your needs, and they make the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more and support our great sponsor and loyal sponsor of all two years plus of this podcast at teamanders.com. All right, now let's move into spot three and carry over that UCLA-USC to the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I thought it was a joke at first on my phone. I was like, uh, this is some sort of just, you know, break, some... TMZ thing, you know, fake, fake news. Obviously, we had a very reactionary podcast. You know, I, I spent a lot of time, if you want to go back and find it, on, um, you know, how I would redo the divisions, how I would basically go to SEC and Big Ten only, and I would make it, I think I came up with a 48-team plan and then kind of a, a new 1AA and then, you know, like a 1AAA or whatever you want to call it, FCS, um, kind of like your championship series the top 48 playing in the playoff then your bowl series then your whatever you want to call the fcs um so you can go back and give that a listen but i put some homework into that kind of made a case for why some teams might slide down um you know talked about a little bit maybe you could do what they do over in in the euro leagues in soccer where teams can kind of either move in and move out if they have great seasons or bad seasons they can be relegated or they can or they can climb back up um Anyway, I still think that even though that talk has quieted down a lot since then, the Big Ten is going to make some more moves. Um, Oregon and Washington, to me, seem eminent. I think that, you know, especially with um, you know, UCLA had to, quote-unquote, clear the California schools, you know, Board of Regents to be able to kind of accept that. Obviously, they knew they couldn't really get in their way. Does Cal Stanford maybe come over? Does the Pac-12 just dissolve? Does the rest of it start to kind of crumble around? You know, the next five to seven years, it, it's going to happen. It's inevitable, especially with the t- with the playoffs finally going to 12 teams. I think that that's a later in the year thing, but that was finally announced. Uh, but that was a pretty seismic move, not unlike, you know, Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC a year before it. So crazy, crazy things. Uh, that that was a wild thing that happened. July was also, I mean, pretty quiet. Cam Smith won the Open. That was a phenomenal show. Rory didn't play bad, but didn't play great and no. had his chance to finally get off the the major schneid and, and couldn't do it, you know. Cam, Cam Young up there. Cam Smith set or tied the record for, you know, lowest total score at a major, did it at the birthplace of golf. You know, everybody wanted to see Tiger do well, and he did not. Um, his leg just wouldn't hold up for him, but um, it was great to see the Open uh, back with patrons, or not patrons, that's what they call them at the Masters, but with fans. Um, you know, yeah, July, you know, for us, again, June, July, it's a little bit of the drag. Yeah, you start to get into talking college football. You start to get into talking college or to pro football a little bit, but not being baseball fans, um, Aside from golf, not a whole lot else goes on at that time of the year. That's yeah, for sure. I guess sports. August, I, nothing. I mean, another Rory, thing. Rory won the Tour Championship. You did have in in July. Um, you know, Dickie V won the Jim Jimmy Valvano um, award from the ESPYS. If you do care about that stuff, you know, pretty good deal. Because you figure, you know, he was there when Jimmy V was got the you know got that Courage Award to begin with. Uh, he went through his own cancer bout, so whether he loved Dickie V or hate him, he is kind of synonymous with college basketball, so that was kind of a, a nice thing to see. Yeah. Um, let's Very see, nice. what else you get into? 
get into their man. There, there just wasn't a lot. Pujols got the seven hundred. Yeah, yeah. The Big Ten media that deal. was in September. Yeah, that yeah. was seven. You know, Big Ten media deal comes in August, towards yep. the end of August. I mean, that was huge. Um, yeah, that was pretty. Uh, lets us bid bye bye to ESPN, which doesn't break my heart. That. Thank goodness for that. Uh, I was saying Rory won the Tour Championship and the FedEx Cup. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, yep. Nebraska, uh, their fate was sealed, losing Northwestern, who was their only win of uh, 2022, um, over in Ireland. It was hilarious. Um, I called that. Um, and it happened. Uh, any, I don't think really memorable know. moment. The credit card machine stopped working, so they were giving free, free beer to all the fans. Yep, it was crazy. That was pretty awesome. Uh, September uh, officially, the CFP uh, voted to expand to twelve teams. I think it's starting in twenty four. Twenty twenty four. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's pretty cool. I'm glad they're doing that. Finally, um, needs that. U.S. won the Presidents Cup um, over the world. Um, should have done that in the first. Easily, I mean, they were the better, better group there, especially with the live stuff, you know, yeah. going on. Yeah, pools got to seven hundred. Like you said, that's that was pretty phenomenal. Um, chasing, chasing that, and um, memorable career by him. Um, played for a long, long, long time. Um, I feel like was there anything crazy in college football in September? I, I feel like there wasn't anything. Too no, crazy. you get into October and you got into Tennessee, Alabama, and some of those things. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, October um, was a good month for college football, for sure. But yeah, I guess I guess it brings us to spot four and October. Tennessee um, over Bama game, one of the games of the year. Crushed LSU, beat Bama. They were looking like contenders. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and when they ripped down the goalposts and put them in the Tennessee River, uh, that was awesome. Um, Bryce Harper sends the Phillies to uh, to the World Series with the, with that the eighth inning with an interim manager. I hope they. I don't know if they have. But uh, no, hopefully they gave him the job I'm since then. Sure they, did. they didn't end up winning the World Series, which is a November thing. But still, um, I had down on my notes October. I I said the beginning of, but this isn't true. It was the Michigan's rules for thee and not for me. Um, you know. The Michigan State in tunnel incident sandwiched around Jawan Howard going off and assaulting somebody on national TV, and then Mozzie Smith, um, yet another in a long lines of unpunished Michigan athletes, uh, you know who they just kind of let it bury, and he sat there for for seven games and got to play as arguably their best defensive player, despite having an unregistered weapon in his car, three clips. Uh, Speeding, driving without a license, all these things, but you know, miraculously, that doesn't make it to to daylight uh, before any of the tunnel stuff that went on. Which you know, ultimately, Michigan State's one guy that was um, you know charged with a felony pled to a misdemeanor. Hopefully, the Big Ten will do the right thing and knock his suspension down from eight games next year because that's ridiculous. Again, they did nothing on the Mozzie Smith thing. They did threw the whole book at Michigan State and set a an example out of Michigan State, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's, again, why on this podcast, why I, for more than half my life, have absolutely hated Michigan with a passion. Um, I think that they're smug, they're arrogant, they get away with whatever they want. Their coaches are a great, um, you know, window seat, peek into who they are as the majority is their players, minus like a Blake Corm doing the good thing with his NIL. It's it's disgusting to me. Um, they're held to a different standard than everybody else. Always. I'm tired of it, and I hope TCU absolutely wrecks them. It's not going to happen, but we can dream. Yeah, it, get into November, we had the the you know perhaps the worst trade in American history: the Merchant of Death for no, Brian, for Brittany, aka Brian Griner. November, December, whenever that happened, just absolutely ridiculous and disgusting, despicable. Another Astros example. Of, World another example of American idiocy. Um, what what happened in November? I don't mean nothing crazy. I feel like you know, there were a lot of good football. There was a lot of good basketball. I mean, Michigan State had their kind of their crazy stretch. Then stress fracture bug bit again, and you know we went. A whole stretch there where there was football every day, and then basketball started to yeah, really get mixed in. You know, feast week is amazing. Um, you know, ultimately settles out in early December. Two Big Ten teams for the first time ever in the college football playoff. Um, 
Don't sleep on Ohio State. I don't think that they'll beat Georgia, but it would not surprise me if they give them a game right there. Yeah, I can see it. December, Caleb Williams won the Heisman. Uh, R.I.P. Mike Leach. Uh, just a, sh- a shame. A lot of sports legends that died in 2022 as they do every year. But Mike Leach at 61, too soon. You know, um, just, just too bad how that goes, but it shows you the stress of the profession as well. Probably don't eat that well, certainly don't sleep that well, just high stress. Um, you know, 61 years old, has a massive stroke and a heart attack and passes away. It's just... Shame we had another epic Army-Navy game, the first game that ever went to overtime in that series. Uh, that was great. We've got one of the, you know, probably 24 worthless bowl games on right now. I heard somebody yesterday on one of the worthless bowl games. I think it was the Motor City, a.k.a. Quick Clean, a.k.a. Little Caesars Bowl, say, well, this is why, you know, the, these games matter for these kids. There's only 600 people in the stands, but... They get one more chance. I get it they get one more chance, but, again, we're in this trophy generation where everybody gets what everybody wants, and there's so many games. We're watching a 6-6 six and six Georgia Southern and a 6-6 six and six Buffalo. Yesterday it was 6-6 six and six Bowling Green, 6-6 six and six six and six New Mexico State. Like, really? Is that really riveting? Uh, and there's hardly anybody at these games except for family and friends and, you know, maybe some locals that had nothing to do. I, it just... It just... I. Something's got to change, and let's hope that it does. Maybe maybe with a big deal for the Big Ten moving away from ESPN. Because the fact is, out of the bowl games, the 39 bowl games, 37 are in ESPN. Maybe we'll you know have a meeting of the minds and say, you know what? There's too many right here. There's too many. Yeah, I agree. We'll um, see. Uh, the Vikings had the biggest comeback in NFL history. Uh, oh, yeah, that was great. That happened. Yep. That was awesome. Um I think that's really it. Um, unless you have anything else from uh, the year in review, I don't know. Um, no, I mean I'm sure we missed something. You know, always lots of good stuff. You know, not not a great um, start to the year. No, I guess that was probably in December 31st, the Peach Bowl last year, wasn't it? Um, yeah, that was you know, the Michigan 30th, State's yeah. win over. So it was not a great football season for Michigan State. It was a. It's been okay for basketball. Hopefully we'll you know, continue and it will get better. Uh, good recruiting class coming in for both football and basketball. But, yeah, nothing else that stands out to me as, you know, that epic at this point in time. Okay, cool. Well, spot five, the scramble. Um, let's do – let's talk NFL real quick. Um, a lot happened this week. Um, you know, people – Lions took a step back that just laid an absolute egg, couldn't defend the run. Um, looked like they were way too comfortable going to that game, thought, oh, we're going to show up and win. Uh, no, not in the NFL. That doesn't happen, especially with a Panthers team that if they win against Tampa Bay, they're probably going to get in the playoffs, which would be pretty crazy turnaround after firing uh, Matt Rule um, like three games into the season or whatever it was. Um, pretty crazy. Um I mean, speaking of firings, Denver fired Hackett, but you got to wonder. Uh, I don't know, if Ryan. We were was... talking about this, or somebody said, how much of that was Pete Carroll just being a genius and knowing that knowing he could that he Russell. could build to win around Russell, but knowing when he had exhausted all that talent and then gave him well, up and horrible. fleeced the Broncos. They fleeced him, um, and is still in playoff contention with with a also ran back up in Geno Smith. Like I mean, clearly. Carroll knew something was going on. Um, uh, just, it, it, man, it's rare to see a coach get fired in the first year. Yeah, that's... Denver, lowest scoring season output for them, 15.5 points a game or something like that. Lowest they've had since, like, 1971. Um, and there's a lot of talent on that team, too. Yeah. It just, oh, man, it's a, it's a mess over there. The playoff picture definitely... Starting to come to clarity. The Chargers clinched last night. I think the Bills have clinched. The yeah. Chiefs have clinched. The Bengals have clinched. The Chargers have clinched. Um, AFC South is still up for grabs. Yeah, Titans, Titans and Jaguars. go Jags, man. They play each other one more time here coming up in the next two weeks. Uh, who else? Oh, the, I think the Jets are still in play. The Patriots are still in play. The Dolphins are still in play. Yep. For a wild card. Even the there. Steelers are still in play. RIP Franco Harris. Died literally the day before the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. And then old Michigan State boy Connor Hayward catches the game-winning touchdown to beat the Raiders in the 50th year celebration of that. Um, 
you know, that was fantastic. Um, and lo and behold, we wanted to leave him for dead and wasn't going to happen. We weren't going to go 500. Mike Tomlin's got a chance to go above 500 again. Never gone less than 500. Got to win the last two to do so, but hey, it could happen. So, um, pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, NFC is starting to get some clarity. Uh, Eagles are clinched, still hold the they hold the keys for the number one spot overall because they've got a game lead, really a game and a half lead on the Vikings who they beat earlier this year. Vikings have clinched already a while ago the NFC North. They're solidly in the two spot. Um, three spot, San Francisco looking great with their third string quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant. Cowboys are looking good. They beat the Eagles um, and Gardner Minshew um, last week or this past weekend. Um, they clinched a spot. And then let's see who else is up. You know, probably really Tampa and Panthers fighting for that yep, division. And then you've got the Giants are looking pretty good. Lion, Giants win their in. Then it's the you Commanders, the Lions, the Seahawks, the Seahawks, the Packers. Packers are coming in, out of nowhere. Um, you know, and that could Lions Packers could come down to playing for a playoff spot. That would be pretty ridiculous, but it's possible. And there's no way the Lions are going to win that one. Um, yeah, so crazy. Um, as we talk about a little, there was a little hoops last week. I guess since we did it, um, did our podcast. Arizona State, who's was eleven and one, lost by thirty seven to San Francisco, uh, down as much the as Dons. four as forty five in that game. That's pretty ridiculous. Uh, Boston College beat Vatech. Um, that was a little upset there. Um, Michigan and North Carolina. Dickinson back at it again, kicking guys in the face. Doesn't get when, when is this guy going to get caught? I, I, I'm tired of this clown bag. This, this Again, Michigan, it's rules for thee, not for me. Juwan Howard had another outburst, uh, getting you know t- held back by his players and then hitting them in the face saying, F you. Um, I, I can't stand these guys. They act like children. Um, Freaking ridiculous. Um, I don't think anything else really crazy. Oh, Illinois got wrecked by Missouri. That was kind of funny. Um, they're co- apparently, uh, what's his name, Underwood and Matt, Matthew Meyer have a beef going on. I don't know why. It's kind of weird. Uh, Indiana Xavier Johnson out for a very long period of time um, with a foot injury. Um, could be out for the season at, at least until um, probably the end of Big Ten play, which is pretty wild. Um, he's a big glue guy for them. Um, get back to hoops tonight um, after a few days off. Let's do, uh, I guess, it's not really been anything worthwhile in bowl games. Good for Air Force. They beat uh, Baylor, um, who had a, just a bad season. <laughs> Desmond Howard said they were going to make the playoff. So, same with well, A&M. He said A&M. Michigan, he Baylor. got that right. And then he had, uh, I can't remember, Bama. No, it wasn't Bama. I can't remember. Who the it other was another one. ridiculous team. Yeah, like, uh, I don't remember. i got, I got to find this. Desmond Howard. Just uh, yeah, we called him out on that. I mean, just off. yeah, ridiculous. Let's see. He had um, he we well, picked Texas A and M to win. Oh, it was Pitt. <laughs> oh yeah, Pitt. Pitt was brilliant. Guy. Smart guy. We went to Michigan, brilliant. so he's really smart. Um, yeah, nothing crazy though in bowl games so far. Bigger ones getting started this week. Um, I guess we do cl- uh, CFP picks. That'll be that'll be good. Um, pull up here. So first game we got the three uh, TCU versus the two Wolverines of Michigan uh, in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, uh, I I don't think T- I think TCU is having a dream season. Um, you know they showed holes against Kansas State, who I think is okay, not great, um, and they didn't look phenomenal that game. Duggan's a gamer; he plays really hard. I just don't think that they're physical enough. To, to match up with Michigan and play. I think they can hang for a little bit, um, but I think they're going to end up losing this game. I'm saying Michigan wins this thing 30-21. to 21. I think that they TC using the score late to make it look closer than it is, but I, I just don't I don't see it. I don't think that they have a, really have a fighting chance. I think Michigan's a lot better at the lines of scrimmage than they are um, and have better athletes. Um, Duggan hopefully can keep them in it. Um, obviously would love to see TCU win that, but I, I just don't see it happening. What do you think? Yeah, it's boy. I mean, the thing about this time of the year is it gets pretty quiet. 
you only practice against each other, and so you only have kind of the last, you know, thing on record, which is Michigan beating up on Purdue, who did some inexplicable things in their game, and then, you know, TCU being game against Kansas State, but Kansas State, you know, nipping them in the bud. I, look, it would not surprise me at all to see TCU win. Um, I don't think that this game is going to be a blowout by any stretch. I think Michigan's about a touchdown favorite, right? Um, I I don't I don't see. I mean, call it the home run me or whatever. I I personally think that Michigan doesn't take TCU seriously. Um, which gives TCU an even better shot at this game. Now, Michigan is more talented, arguably, than TCU, but TCU has a really good defense. Michigan does not have the run game um, without quorum. Yes, Edwards had a big game against Purdue, but Purdue didn't have a defense. TCU has a defense. I think TCU can keep this game low scoring and win this game on defense, and I think TCU wins this game 20-17. to 17. Wow. Bold. I think Michigan's looking forward to either a rematch with Ohio State or, or playing Georgia again a rematch either way and I think that they're going to get caught with their hand in the cookie jar I, I think Harbaugh's going to have his his black blue khaki whatever pants down around his ankles and I think he's he's going to take it where he deserves to take it yeah I, I hope you're right but I, I just don't see it um then we got Ohio State uh is the four and then playing the Bulldogs of Georgia the one um I, this could be an interesting game. Um, you know, Ohio State's obviously got a really good offense. It stalls at times. Georgia's got a phenomenal defense and offense that can put up points. I mean, they have Brock Bowers, who's pretty dang good. Stetson Bennett had, had a pretty good season. Some good backs per usual. Um, I, I just don't – I think Ohio State's not that great, honestly. I mean, they're good but not great. I think that Georgia's the superior team. I think they win this thing. 34-24, um, get back to a to a national championship in hopes of repeating that thing and get a rematch with Michigan. Um, yeah, 34-24 dogs. I, I, I think Ohio State, with a chance to get healthy, I think Ohio State definitely struggled from the health perspective later in the season. Um, you know, I think they started to kind of feel the pressure of, you know, having finally – gotten beaten by Michigan the year before and trying to kind of bounce back from that. Um, I think that they played against themselves as much as they played against Michigan in that game. And I think probably getting to sit and watch and rest and get better, especially in the ground game. Because if Ohio State has balance, Ohio State, I said at the beginning of the year, I thought Ohio State was the best team in, in college football. Um, when they're balanced, when they've got their top running backs back, and throw Smith and Jigba aside, Ohio State's got plenty of weapons at wide receiver. So, and he was not a non-factor all year. I think their defense is still eh, questionable. I don't know that Georgia, Georgia's put up points, but who have they really had to like, you know, like snuff out with their offense this year? Nobody, right? They have a really good defense too. Um, Look, I'm going to go with Georgia, but it would not surprise me at all if Ohio State won this game. But I will say this. Georgia's going to win, and it's going to be an overtime. I think this game is going to come down to overtime. Um, I think it's by far going to be the better of the three games in the playoff, to yes. be honest with you, because I think the winner of this game wins the national championship, whether it's TCU or Michigan. Obviously, I picked TCU. I'm going to go with Georgia to win in overtime. Um and then we'll talk on the pod, you know, to whoever is right in the actual national championship game, the next pod. Yep. So, um, so I'm, I'm looking at Georgia TCU. Um, look, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Michigan, Ohio state. It wouldn't surprise me if it was, you know, Michigan, Ohio, Michigan, Georgia. It wouldn't surprise me if it was TCU, Ohio state. It really, I think is a pretty evenly balanced, but I do think that the time off serves no team better than it serves Ohio state in this case, because they can get some key guys back that, Missed time, or we're pretty dinged up at the end of the year. Nobody else is going to get like Blake Corm's not magically going to get better with his MCL for or meniscus or whatever for Michigan. Um, so I think that you're looking that's what you're looking at. Um, is a TCU Georgia game. Um, and I think you know, TCU, hey, they've surprised us all year. We'll see if that actually happens, and we'll talk about that on the next podcast. Yeah. 
could see it. Um, you had anything else? I think that's all I've had for. No, I mean it'll be really interesting. The last couple of weeks, you got a lot of interdivisional games. You know, talking about division stuff. You know, some of these teams that are really battling. The Lions are in a spot where they just simply have to win their last two games. Packers have to win their last two games. You know, Redskins, Seahawks, they're all kind of in the same boat battling for that last spot, which currently still sits with the Commanders, I believe. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be definitely interesting in that fight for those last few spots or last few division titles. Um, you know, and it'll make for a really good January 1st. Obviously, our traditional January 1st bowl game day is, is going to be NFL because that's just how it's always gone. It's funny because as a kid, I always thought they didn't play on Sundays in, in college football because, you know, they had to go to church until I learned when they grew up. No, it's because the NFL rules were roost on Sunday. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of good stuff to end the year on. A lot of It was a great 2022 sports season. I think it's only going to get better um, going to next year. We're already looking at golf plans. Ryan's looking at one golf trip i got a 50th birthday golf trip with buddies we got from mom and dad thank you a, another round to arcadia yes. bluffs which is our favorite course in michigan we got to figure that out um waiting for this you know two feet of snow on the ground to melt which looks like it might this week and uh who knows get on the golf course sooner than later hopefully we have a great 2023 and an even better sports year next year yep agree let's do sprint uh, all right, this is a basketball question, Big Ten-wise. So who's a team that, you know, experts or yourself, uh, I'll say you're an expert, so experts don't think, you know, coming the season we're low on, uh, we might have been low on, um, who's, who do you think could win the Big Ten this season? Um, just come out of nowhere. Oh, man, come out of nowhere? I don't know that anybody really can come out of nowhere. I still think... Illinois is definitely a dud at this point. Purdue is probably better than I thought they'd be. Indiana had a key injury at point guard, and they're not looking as good as maybe I thought they'd be. They certainly have not fared well against great opponents, except for North Carolina, who's actually pretty average so far this year. And, I mean, I think Wisconsin always can kind of sneak up and bite you a little bit, but I don't think there's going to be any surprise. I mean, Ohio State, I think, you know, maybe, but I don't. I really don't think there's going to be any surprises. I, I think Purdue, Indiana, probably still Illinois, if they can get things right, are by far the three best teams. Maybe Rutgers, maybe, but not to win the Big Ten. I mean, there's nobody that's, like, that that way good. Like, make an NCAA tournament, yeah, maybe. Like a Northwestern even, maybe. Um, but win the Big Ten, no. I don't, I don't see any surprises. Why do they have this feeling Wisconsin's going to be up there? That's my team. They're yeah, weird. I mean, they could. They're I don't weird. think they're that talented. I think No, they're not. They run their weird. system really well. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows? I mean, we'll find out. We'll, when the rubber meets the road, we'll start to find out. I just I just don't. Matchup-wise, Purdue is a nightmare for teams. I just. Yeah, they're, they're good. I think I might have said Illinois or Indiana at one point. I just, at this point in time, I just don't see Purdue, anybody but Purdue winning the Big Ten. I just don't think that they anybody can match up with them. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're not going to lose. We thought that last year, though. Yeah, true. And then they lost about this time last year, right? Yep. Um, all right. Best uh, Seinfeld character that just makes you know a cameo or two, you know, throughout the show. Um, maybe he's in an episode. He or she's in an episode or two or three. Um, there's so many that are that are different. Jackie Childs. I yeah, mean, if I, you're talking about that level, like a George's parents, I think are probably the best. Like second level but like you get to a third level like I've been in like maybe five or six ever yep. Jackie Childs yeah too. soup Nazi you yeah. know you could go with who's the um the, the guy that has the Pakistani shot Bahood or whatever <sighs> yeah that's just, another good one yeah this weird um putty he's not in a ton um stuff like that I guess I don't know uh new do you have a new year's resolution yet if so uh what is it? Oh man, I I've been trying to make mine more golf related. Last year, I really wanted to cut my handicap from it was had ballooned up. I wanted to cut it to sub twelve, and I got it to like ten point six. So I, I will say that I'd like to get my golf handicap below ten for the first time ever. All right, I like it. I've not thought of one yet. Still thinking. Uh, best Michigan State glue guy in your lifetime. Which sport are we talking? 
basketball. Best glue guy for Michigan State. Wow. Oh man. That's a that's a tough one. There's there's been so many. I got to think of who like really pops to mind. Boy, you probably honestly, and I'm sure I'm missing somebody. And you probably honestly wouldn't necessarily think of this person as a glue guy because the you know the last year and a half of his career. But I'm gonna say Xavier. Yeah, I can. Um, he's a glue guy. You know. The way he jumped in, Michigan State was struggling a little bit offensively. They were getting a little bit bogged down. And, and hey, look, Big Pudding, Nick Ward was really good as a post player, but he wasn't a great defender. And Michigan State was went through a little bit of a struggle there. Then he broke his hand or his thumb or whatever it was. And Xavier started to get pressed into more time. And Michigan State just, like, went to a pick-and-roll offense and, and just, like, flipped the switch. And, man, he could defend. He could rebound. He could finish. He could hit the outside shot a little bit, too, and he was a perfect complement with um, Cassius Winston. So I'm sure, like, even on that team, Matt McQuaid was a great glue guy. You know, there have been a ton of great glue guys, but just off the top of my head, probably partially because we watched the, whatever, 2019 Final Four, you know, Elite Eight game again last night. I'm going to go with Xavier. How about you? Uh, It's tough. Um, Draymond was a star at the end, but he was a glue guy in the first, I mean, every year he was. He, I, I, I won't say him, though. That's too obvious. Kenny Goins. Oh, yeah, another really good one, for sure. Awesome rebounder, former walk-on, um, you know, progressed Rutgers, got better at scoring, got better at defending, um, became a, he was a pretty decent shot blocker at 6'6", probably hardly 6'6". Mm-hmm. Then he became a great three-point shooter and a nice role player. Um, on the on the Final Four team in his senior season, I, I, he was glue. He really was like seven points, seven to eight points a game, seven rebounds a game as a senior. Not bad for a, a former walk-on. Yep, I would agree with that. It's a good call. Good call. Um, yeah, that's it. That's episode one hundred and four. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. Last one of the year. Yeah, last one. We will see you, I guess, in twenty twenty three. That means so. Happy New Year to you all. Um, Looking forward to a great 2023 in terms of life, sports, everything. Um, that that means that'll be technically our fourth year of the podcast because we did 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023. In our fourth year, yeah. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, tell your friends. Um, yeah. That's all I got. It's been a great 2022. We appreciate our listeners. Uh, a little softer variety to end of the year here. Um, we're always looking for new ideas, so you know, throw them at us. Hit Ryan up, telling you got something to talk about. Chris, you're always really good about giving us some things to talk about. Uh, more than happy to do it. Uh, in the meantime, I got two mean times related to New Year's. I like the dreams of the future better than the history of the past. Thomas Jefferson, and a bonus one for all the resolution makers. Given Ryan's uh, sprint question on resolutions, as the great. Farquhar Milgivray Knowles once said, He who breaks a resolution is a weakling. He who makes one is a fool. See you in 2023 for officially year three, although into our fourth year of the TFS pod. Happy New Year.